Welcome to another edition of the Cyclone Fanatic Podcast. It is episode 70 of Stands and Fits presented by the professional MBA program at the Ivy College of Business at Iowa State, recording tonight in the Carl Chevrolet Studios. Right now at Carl Chevrolet, it is the best place to trade in your car, especially if it is a certifiable model of the Silverado Cruze Malibu Traverse or Equinox. It must be a 2013 or newer with less than 75,000 miles. Right now, they even have a program exclusively at Carl Chevrolet and Carl Chevrolet of Stewart, where if they don't have the pre-owned vehicle you are looking for, that's no problem because they are going to go and get it for you. Where else are you going to find something like that? You're only going to find it at Carl Chevrolet and Carl Chevrolet of Stewart. They have great buyers on hand whose job is to get what their customers need. And this is another way that they are your dealer for life. The process is just the same as if they had it on their lot. They will do an interview to understand what you want, give you pricing, and then they will go and get it for you. Their goal is to have it secured in 10 days and let them do the hard work on finding what you want and having it backed by Carl Chevrolet, no matter your need. They should be your only stop. You can always check them out online at carlchevrolet.com or carlchevroletstuart.com. That is Carl Chevrolet at Exit 90 at The Rock in Ankeny and Carl Chevrolet of Stewart. Also want to mention, starting Wednesday, June 12th, leading through this Sunday, which is Father's Day, we will be having a Father's Day sale on the Cyclone Fanatic store. That's teamcloset.com slash cyclonefanatic. All you have to do is put in the code DADBOD. Coupon code DADBOD for 25% off anything that isn't already on sale on the Cyclone Fanatic store. And we've already told you about the $10 net collector shirts, the $10 our linebacker throws better than your quarterback shirts. Now you can even throw another 25% off on maybe you want a publicly reprimanded shirt. I can't even think of all of our other shirts because we've done so many of them at this point that they all start to run together. But we're going to be doing even more awesome new shirts at Cyclone Fanatic. And uh, you can find those all on teamcloset.com slash Cyclone Fanatic. Put in coupon code DADBOD. Starting on Wednesday, going through Father's Day on Sunday, and you'll get get 25% off on anything that is not already on sale. What's up, Fitzy? Dude, I'm just ready to pound on that... uh dad bod code right there man i am fired up today you are fired up we were talking before we came on the pod and you got some rant worthy material coming up i don't even have like it's all just stupid stuff i'm just fired up i have no reason why i I was not even fired up before i got here and then now i'm here and i'm fired up dude i'm ready to go all right i think it was just reading about carl chevrolet got me all amped up dude i I can only assume that they sold all their stock at the at the one day sale over the weekend yeah well yeah hopefully there's something left on the lot because that was as as good a deal as you were possibly going to find right so. But you can also have them go. If they sold everything out on the lot, then, hey, good thing they go and find everything That's for right. you. That's right. They'll do the uh, work for you. If you're missing anything. All right. So we're like at the part of the summer where there is absolutely nothing to talk about. The doldrums. Yeah. Last year at this time, we didn't even do a podcast no, for I think months. There were multiple times where we went three to four weeks without doing a stance and fits. And now we don't do that anymore because we're trying to just, we want to maintain. We're grinding it we're out. Doing. We're grinding it out. So that's why I continue to just acquire preseason magazines. I was at Target yesterday and I went and got Lindy's. Lindy's Sports College Football National Preview. America's leading football authority. Well, let me tell you what, Fitzy. <laughs> let me tell you what. I think that we've got to question the authority 
of Lindy's after some of the things that I have seen in this magazine. But then this morning, I saw that the Phil Steele magazine was available for purchase on, uh, on your iPhone or your iPad, whatever you, your device may be. Yep. Obviously, I'm going to do that. I don't think it hits newsstands until next week, but if I can get a chance to get it on my phone, beat the people that are trying to get it on the, on the newsstands, I'm going to do it. That's what I did. So we got plenty of good stuff from Phil Steele. But we got to talk about Lindy's first because there, there is some absolute chicanery going on in this magazine. Yeah, there is. And you, you kind of teased this in our, our Cyclone Fanatics Slack when you first saw it and you tweeted about it too. It is crazy what Lindy's is predicting Iowa State to have this year. We'll get to... We'll get to some of it later. I think we need to work our way up to the, the worst of it. We'll start with, they did, they have like individual player rankings. Mm-hmm. Uh, so like this is like the, the mild yeah. uh, taco sauce. I'll also mention Iowa State is the number 23 team in the country in their preseason poll. Okay. That seems in line with what I'd expect. Yeah, I would agree. Um, here, I, I got to find this. So packed of oh, information. Oh, yeah, packed with really good, solid information. All right, first things first. Brock Purdy, number two, 22 quarterback in the country. Number 22? Number 22. That sounds pretty accurate to me. I See, and this is this kind of plays into something that was in Phil Steele, where Phil Steele had the Cyclone quarterbacks ranked number 46 in the country. That was as a unit, not as just one quarterback. Now, something that I was asked a lot. Yeah, I, as, a, as a unit, that kind of makes sense to me. I think Purdy kind of drags them up, but other than that, it's relatively unknown what, they, what's got, you know, what they've got behind Purdy. So. Right. But I think 22 is pretty right. Uh, right behind, they've got Charlie Brewer at 18. Kelly Bryant is 17. Joe Burrow of LSU hmm. is number 23. Gotcha. Where is... Uh, Ellinger and Hertz. Sam Ellinger is sixth. Jalen Hertz is fourth. Wow. Obviously, the top two are probably pretty easy to figure out. Yes. <laughs> uh, Lawrence Tagovailoa and then Jake Fromm from Georgia. Justin Herbert at five will probably be the number one pick in the draft next year. And then Ellinger, Shea Patterson, Nebraska's Adrian Martinez, Derek King of Houston, and then Utah State's Jordan Love. Round out the top 10. Nobody in the running backs, obviously. I don't think they had anybody in the wide receivers or the tight ends. But offensive line, man, read them off. Actually, no, they don't have anybody in the top group here. Wait, uh, no, wait, 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 wait. no. Well, okay, so they only rank, they rank eight centers. I okay. mean, Colin Newell is not one of the eight best centers in okay. the country, probably. Okay. Uh, they rank six guards. So, again, well, we'll come back to that. Yeah. Uh, and then tackles is only 10. Okay. Two from Iowa. Both of Iowa's tackles in the top ten. I guess that makes nine sense. Nine and ten. Uh, all right. Defensive ends. Jaquan Bailey at 13. Nice. So they went pretty deep on defensive ends compared to the offensive line positions. Yeah, they did 14 of them. Hmm. Uh, these numbers seem really odd. Why? Yeah. Like, what was the cutoff point for this? I don't know. Uh, okay. Defense. AJ Epinesa at three. I can't really argue that. He's no, really good. can't argue that either. But uh, Jaquan is the only Big 12 player in the top 14. Uh, defensive ends. I'd assume Lima's in the defensive tackle. He is at number seven. That's good. Good for Ray. One of, I think, two schools that has a guy in the... Both of those... uh, In both position group lists. So what are the other... uh, What's the other school then? Auburn. Auburn is the other school. Good company. That is good company. Uh, They didn't have anybody in the linebackers. Nope. 
Nobody in the linebackers. Hmm, that's a little surprising. Nobody in defensive backs. And, yeah, so that was it. I think that was all of them. All right, but now we get to the unit rankings. Dun, dun, dun. I'll tell you first, the defensive line uh, did not make the – oh, yeah, they did. They're at eight, eighth best uh, defensive line, according to Lindy's one spot ahead of Clemson. Whoa. So you can say at least one preseason publication thinks Iowa State's defensive line is better than Clemson's. I will add the, like, the caveat, though. Clemson is replacing all four starters along the defensive line and yeah. still is at ninth in the, in the country. Yeah, they're still going to be good. Yeah, it's, it says Clemson's historic defensive line did its job, grabbed some big fat rings, and then rode off into the NFL. <laughs> Sophomore end Xavier Thomas, who had 10.5 tackles for loss as a backup, is the next certifiable monster off the edge with three former four-star recruits likely joining him in the lineup. How the other half lives. That would be nice. That would be nice. I, I couldn't even imagine being a fan of a program that was like that. Like mm. you, just, you just reload like that every year, man. No. Uh, the linebackers at six. Wow. Which plays in with Phil Steele where he had them fifth. So, so I guess that's, that's kind of, I, again, I, I, I like that ranking. At the same time, I'm a little surprised that none of our linebackers showed up in the top, whatever it was for the, the individual right. guys then. They do note. No, we'll come back to this. We'll come back to this. <laughs> we got to talk about the offensive line. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah, we do. This is the fiery taco taco sauce coming up right here. This is the offensive line that I think was rated by Athlon fifth. And you and I sat here and talked for a long time. In the Big 12. In the Big 12. In the Big 12. About how valid that should even be. Whether or not they will be the fifth best offensive line in the Big 12. Yeah. Well... Little did we know what would we would find two weeks later in Lindy's. The number one offensive line in the country is Clemson. Georgia is two. Michigan is three. Alabama is four. Iowa is five, which is still higher than I think most anybody would consider. But the Iowa State Cyclones are number six. The sixth best offensive line, not in the Big 12, in the entire nation. I'm just going to say it. If Iowa State somehow has the sixth best line in the in the country, they will this go to year, the playoff. They they might, you know, they could win the Big Twelve. I mean, I don't know if they might yeah. go undefeated. I don't know. They don't even have Oklahoma in here or Texas. Yeah, Iowa State's better than both of those blue blood college football programs. They have Iowa State ahead of Auburn, which brings back all five starters. All of them are seniors, and they have actually had success success on the <laughs> along the offensive line in the past uh washington lsu and then boise state round out their top 10 which i don't i mean boise state i don't know anything about their offensive line but i find it hard to believe that they've got the 10th best one in the country so it's pretty clear that lindy's just saw that iowa state's basically returning its entire offensive line and figured hey man those guys are going to be good they have so much experience returning you want to know what's even crazier is the fact that some of those guys literally might get beat out for their jobs. Yeah. And all, yeah, all it notes is the experience. That's yep. all that it notes about what it is. But they're consistently called in this magazine one of the best offensive lines in the country. <laughs> it's not like a one, one writer picked them for the rankings we'll, thing. We'll come back to that, though, because Phil Steele actually wrote that, too, at one point. Okay. We continue onward. We continue onward. Uh, Iowa State picked third in the Big 12, which isn't surprising. No. The, the group of guys that were, you know, made the all Big 12 teams were basically the same. Uh, Julian Goins, jo Good Jones, Julian Good Jones, first team 
all Big 12 preseason selection. I mean, I could see it happening. Along the offensive line. Yeah. Not, not too outlandish. Uh, then they had Bailey and Lima, uh, Mike Rose, and Greg Eisworth on the defense. Charlie Kohler on the second team. Corey Dunn on the second team. Did I say Greg Eisworth? Yeah. Okay. And then Jaquan Bailey as the uh, Big 12 Defensive Player of the Year, which we've talked about that a lot. Top 10 NFL talents in the Big 12. Oh, my. (laughs) At number one, C.D. Lamb from Oklahoma, which I think anybody could understand that. Super fast, super talented. Super fast, super talented. Very, very good player. Number two, Jaquan Bailey. I could see that. I could also see that. You know, that's understandable. At number three... Julian Good Jones, man, that's that's a that's a shocker. I don't know what is happening. I mean, people are a lot higher on Julian Good Jones around the country than I think anybody. I think they're just higher on everybody. And I apparently, think we must we have to say that for all we know, Julian Good Jones has gotten a ton better this offseason. He might end up having a really good year. Yeah, but to say that he's the third best is it Big Twelve prospect? Yeah, for the NFL, that's pretty. They have Ray Lima at nine. Man, I, I would definitely think that Lima would get drafted before Julian Jones would. Well, and this is, I mean, obviously I would hope that, like, I hope that these things happen. That would be awesome. Because, yeah. Like I said, if, if Iowa State has a sixth best line in the, in the country, then we can really seriously yeah. start to rethink what the trajectory of the program if, is, I if think. If January 2020 comes around and we're saying, yeah, man, Lindy's was right in the preseason, what were we thinking, doubting them, then we will be very happy at that yeah, point. Yeah, yeah. But I'm not going to go out on a limb and bank on that. No. Uh, all right. So that's Lindy's. Those are the main the main talking points that I had to get to out of Lindy's. But then Phil Steele, I, I like looking at Phil Steele's unit rankings mm-hmm. better than, well, heck so of a lot better than more, Lindy's. Yeah. Heck of a what? lot more than I like looking at it from Lindy's, apparently. I'm shocked. Uh, I think he had Iowa State 26th uh, in his top 25. Okay. Again, not too crazy. No. I'm looking to make sure he didn't. He has Steve Wartell as a third-team All-American at long snapper. Probably the only guy in America who has a long snapper on his All-American team. Phil Steele goes beyond. I was going to say, that's how deep in Phil Steele goes, though. All right. Uh, Top individual units. He had the quarterbacks of 46th. I mentioned that one before. They're not in the top 58 at the running back spot, which is understandable. Not in the top 59 at the receiver position, which I wonder if that would be impacted by adding Michael Petway. Mm-hmm. I would assume that these were probably already made before then. Yep. Uh, offensive line, 35th. Best offensive line. See, that, sound, that sounds more, way more reasonable than the sixth in the nation. He also has Iowa at 31st. Oh, really? So he's pretty down on the Hawkeyes compared to Lindy's too. Right. Man, I should have compared the to the list. Boise State at 37. So in other words, I, there's some serious discrepancies. discrepancies here between Phil Steele and, yeah. and Lindy's. I'm going to probably side with Phil Steele. E- I mean, even if Iowa State's offensive line is 35th, that's a market improvement. Absolutely. You know? I, would, I would say they, they were like average at best last year. Yeah. And that's really being generous. At Yeah. At best. 35th, you're above average to being good. Yeah. You know, I mean, you're in the top quarter of college football at that point as an offensive line. Yeah. The defensive line is 12th. 
again, I, that's pretty accurate. I would say. Yeah, I mean, Iowa I, State's defensive line is going to be really, really good. Well, and that's where that's about where I would put them. I mean, mm-hmm. that eight to twelve range. I think you can you can't really question that eight to probably even fifteen. You can't yep. sit there and I mean, I'm sure the differences between those teams are very, very yeah. small. And the thing is, Iowa State's defensive linemen aren't going to put up the numbers that other defensive lines will just because of the scheme that Iowa State plays. Right. The linebackers at five. I like Iowa State's linebackers. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah, I, I'm not saying that it's wrong. I'm just, no. I'm saying it's, it, I mean, you can't really argue it. Until that just go, but I think that has to be, I've gotten Phil Steele every year, it, especially since I've been doing this job. There is no way that they have ever had anybody in the top 15, let alone the top five mm-hmm. in that magazine. I'd have to go back and look at last year's. I still have it. And I cannot imagine that that happened. I don't know. Maybe. Even at running back. Because... I mean, maybe the Jake, not AJ Klein year for linebackers. Yeah, but I'm not going to go all the way back to whatever that was, like 2011, right. 2012, or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. But anywho, other than that, I mean, and I'm not even saying linebacker. I'm saying at any position. Yeah. Their receiver, maybe when Allen was here, I maybe, probably not though. I don't think so. Yeah. I'll That's what say. I'm saying. I don't think that there they would have had anybody even close. No. Pretty crazy. Uh, defensive backs. He has Iowa State at – I thought he had him in the top. No, maybe he doesn't. Yeah, I guess he doesn't even have him in the top 59. For what? I don't know why he picks 59. That's a really random number. 59 for what? Oh, wait, that's half because there's 118 teams in college. There's more than that. Isn't there like 130? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> but he doesn't have the, the defensive backs. Oh, okay. In the top. Really? Yeah. That's kind of surprising. That is surprising to me, too. I think Eisworth would have pulled him up a little more. Right. He also, at one point, I think in the linebacker, the spot about the linebackers, he wrote that Greg Eisworth was a linebacker. So that also uh, might have been. A little bit of miscalculation there. Yeah. That, but that, that, that might be influencing the linebacker rating then. Right. But, but that also has to do with the fact that they, uh, I mean, just their scheme. He is almost kind of like a linebacker. He's like yeah. a hybrid yeah. type guy. He's, he, he's heavily involved in the run game. Special teams at 32. Gotcha. Say that one, too. Uh, so then they do every year he does his teams that are, oh, this is when we're really going to have some fun. This is when we're going to, yeah. All right. So this is, this is the, the, the fiery taco. The fire. Right yeah. Uh, we, we were, we were on the hot. This is the fiery. So all of Phil Steele's projections, we should need to say are based on, um, are based on computer projections they're not like him making predictions personally yeah you know like he plugs everything into the computers and they the computers spit them out yeah and every year there's i I don't remember exactly how the formula works i didn't read the entire article i kind of just skimmed through it Mm -hmm. but he does 2019 surprise teams and i imagine that it's ones that just for some in some way the metrics work to where they have like some Improvement from the year before, something like that. Yep. This year's number four surprise team is Iowa State. Go on. <laughs> uh, Utah is born, Miami two, TCU three. Uh, and then Oregon is five and Nebraska is six. I'm not going to read this entire thing because it's like, it's pretty lengthy. Yeah. There's just one sentence I think that needs to be pulled out. Two of my sets of power rankings call for the Cyclones to go 11 and one which would put them in the Big 12 title game while giving them a shot at making the college football playoff. Holy crap. Holy crap. I'm just saying that that's like the 
that's, that's the dude yeah. of college football magazines saying that, and that's what his computers are saying, not, you know. Not his opinion. Yeah, that's not an opinion. That's a, some sort of metrics that he uses, and his Ute metrics are, yeah. are good. Yeah. Man, that's, I mean, that's, that sentence alone, I think it already has kicked the fan base into, like, a higher hype train Yeah, that situation. tweet. Here, I can tell you how many, how like much the, traffic. The, that psychophonatic tweet. tweet, yeah, has gotten absolutely a bunch of retweets and favorites. Uh, this, yeah, it's got three, 35 retweets, 194 uh, likes, but... I would be, um, I would be surprised if there, I don't think it counts like quote retweets the same way, does it? No. And yeah, everyone wants to quote, quote retweet that. Yeah. There's been a lot of quotes on it. Uh, one guy, we've also had some people telling us to stop paying attention to the entire season and only oh focus on gosh. one game at a time. I hate those people, dude. So after today, we will only be exclusively discussing Iowa State and Northern Iowa. We've talked about this on the pod, I'm pretty sure. Probably. The fans are not the team. Like, we don't have to take the, the season one game at a time. I'm sure those people were athletes in some regard growing up, and they were told that by a coach, but it's, it's not the same thing. We're not members of the team. We can look at the entire season. Especially when we're just passing along what Phil Stills. Yeah. He, he picks Iowa State fourth in the Big 12. Behind, well, he actually. Behind TCU? Yeah, he's Oklahoma and Texas tied at one. <laughs> Nice. So I don't, you know, take that for what it's worth. But then TCU is three. Okay. Which is weird to me too because TCU doesn't have a quarterback, but they've got a lot of other good guys. I think they underperformed pretty badly last year. So and they had quite a few injuries and attrition. Mm-hmm. So they're probably due for a bounce back. Number one in the defensive line and linebackers, which is obvious. Five in defensive backs, two in special teams, third best offensive line, seventh best receivers, ninth best running backs, and fifth best quarterbacks. Huh. He had any on his third team all defensive. Deshante Jones was third team. Knipful and Good Jones were both third team. I mean, the second team guys are always the same. Yeah. The first and second team guys are always the same. Uh, Corey Dunn, third team. Punter. Who else here? Colin Newell, fourth team center. Will McDonald is a fourth team linebacker. Man, I, I think that Will McDonald is honestly one of the guys who could break out and be a huge, like, impact this year. Yeah. I mean, I don't – I definitely don't argue that at all. Uh, his projected um, – Stats? Does his, he have stats? Well, his, like, projected depth chart is usually pretty accurate. He has Jirel Brock being the starting running back for – Interesting. I would say. And who's the, who's the, the uh, backups then? Brees Hall. Is it Brees Hall? Mm-hmm. And then Kane, or does he go that deep? Yeah, and then Kane, and then Johnny Lang, and then Sheldon. Huh. Yeah. Wait, we will see. Hopefully one of those freshmen, if not both of them, break out pretty oh, well. Oh, yeah, this definitely does include the Michael Petway with the receivers because he's listed as a starter. So. Oh, well, it's good to know. Um, I'm looking just to see what else we got here that might be interesting. Braden Narvson is a kicker. I'm just – perusing mm-hmm. uh yeah that's about it so wait narvison Not- has the kicker over asali yeah huh nothing crazy other than the i mean that gyro brock one's not crazy but that's probably the most it, intriguing one yeah 
because it kind of goes against what most people have been saying within the Iowa State camp, I think. Yeah. All right. But there we go. That's what we've got from the magazines. Man, it just happened to be that the, the two magazines you picked up most recently just had a, a few interesting things to Really interesting. So I'm ready. I like the magazines, but at the same time, I just... You have to wonder because there's so much research that has to be in, like involved that you wonder how deep those guys can actually go half the time. Well, that, that's why I, I always trust Phil Steele because, I mean, this is like literally what he does for his job. Gotcha. You know, I mean, it's basically him. Like <laughs> there's the more year. people in it, but yeah, it's his deal, you know, and it's the same thing every single year. And it's just not like a group of people that are putting something together, I gotcha. you know. This, I don't know who did this. <laughs> Lindy's pointing Lindy's, at Lindy's. <laughs> Lindy's, this is, I have some serious questions about the Lindy's magazine. I would be very curious as to who gave the final green light on putting Iowa State's offensive line sixth in the nation. Yeah. But, all right. So, we ran through all that stuff. And, I mean, it's just. Pretty crazy. Yeah. Pretty crazy. All right. The only other thing we have in our opening segment is the uh, basketball tournament bracket has been released. And the. Yeah. The Iowa United, which has... Uh, what happened to uh, Hilton Magic Legends? They I, just decided to scrap that? Man, I think after last year's performance, they just decided to go okay. away from it. Yeah. So, you know, they've kind of pulled in... They pulled in Iowa, Drake, and UNI players this year. And the, the representatives on the team this year from Iowa State are Tyrus McGee and Marcus Pfizer. See, so I'm going to... I'm just going to be honest. And I'm not trying to be... I mean, I'm, Be completely it's honest. Sound, it's probably going to sound mean. I'm not... But I'm just being straight. I don't know that this was really that much of an upgrade, like from last year's team. <laughs> I'm not sure it was I'll, either. I'll be honest. I and I do. I you know. I respect the people for trying, but yeah. it's just and you know, I would say though that what they had signed up for last year's team, yeah, it, had they all shown up, then I think it would have been a pretty formidable, you know, crew. Yeah. At the same time, with all the people who flaked, it t- ended up being a disaster. Well, that's just what makes it so. Yeah. I mean, it's so hard to figure and, like and, to judge what how, how good your team's gonna yeah. be yeah and i mean the the good thing is it sounds like they've done some more vetting this year and i think everyone who is committed will show up okay it like they have it all planned out that way so that's the good part but uh anyway the iowa united their their draw is they're the seventh seed in the wichita regional and they're taking on uh the wichita state alumni team who is the two seed aftershocks hmm. and they've got like uh that connor Frankamp on their roster for sure and a few other guys I mean, most of the good guys from that, like from their Final Four team, the one that went in the NBA, yeah, play in the NBA still, so yeah. they couldn't really do anything. Obviously, Van, Van Vliet's playing in the finals right now. Yeah, and Ron, Ron Baker's, Baker's in the NBA. Bounced. Around. I don't know about like Clay Anthony earlier, like anybody like that, but yeah. So, anyways, it's it's gonna be it'll it'll be a road of upsets if the Iowa United ends up you know advancing further in the basketball tournament, but I well, mean, it's gonna be exciting to watch, especially for. Don't they have the first? Woman to play in the... The first professional women's player, I believe, is what okay. uh, they, they deemed her as. Yeah, and now that's obviously... Megan Gustafson. Yep. And she was the AP Player of the Year this last year, so... You told me that this sparked some controversy. It did. So in my... Uh, this week for the Midweek, mid-week Mailbag, I'm doing my second uh, Hot Takes edition. Yeah, okay. Where I, I judge other people's hot takes instead of taking yeah. questions. So one of the hot takes submitted was from Cyclone Spiker, and it was <laughs> Jared Stansberry would be more a more worthy addition to the Iowa United roster than Megan Gustafson. And what, what do you have any official comment you'd like to provide on on that hot take? Uh no. 
No, I, no, not really. <laughs> because I'm glad you say that because I think that could be taken really badly yeah. no matter what you said. Yeah, I think, no, I think I, it's best for me to just stay away from that one. And, I, you know, as much as I'm kind of scared to see what happens out there when she finally does get on the court, because I'm sure she will at one point. Well, I'm not saying – I mean, she definitely is, like, a gr- really great basketball player. She is. I'm kind of interested to just see how it works, you know? Yeah, but at the same time, like, I have seen other people make the argument that, you know, her, her style in the women's game was, you know, on the block, you know, power game. Right. And that's not going to be able to work near as effectively against, you know, athletic guys. Right. Um, just the way it is. Yeah, that's that was only my thing that I looked at was just the, the disparity in potential athleticism. Yeah. Where – I mean, you imagine that a lot of those guys are going to play above the rim. And just the fact of the matter is that not many women are playing above the rim consistently. And I I can't remember, for some reason, I feel like she's 6'7 herself. Yeah, something like that. And I'm not trying, like like I said, I'm not trying to say anything against Megan because she's definitely a great player. Absolutely. It's just, that was, to me, I was just like, okay. I mean, I I get why you do it, but. Yeah, it's it's more of a PR thing. It makes makes it more interesting. Like, I I, I will be interested to see how she does. Yeah. And if she went out and did awesome, I wouldn't be shocked, you know. But at the same time, you definitely know that everybody on the other team is going to be like, I'm not going to let this. This girl score on me. Let this girl score on me. Exactly. And that will, because these are guys that are competing and actually like trying, they're trying to play for money. It's not like it's a celebrity all-star game or something where, you know, that's right. Not really trying that hard. Yep. So anyways, uh, I can't remember the date, but their, their first game will be on ESPN. I checked and it is at 8 PM central time. So some evening in the summer coming up, you're gonna be able to watch the Iowa United. There we go. Sounds good. Is that all we got? Yep. All right. We'll take a quick break. We'll be right back in the Carl Chevrolet studios. On the Cycle Fanatic Podcast Podcast Network. Hey guys, it's Williams. We'll get you back to your podcast here momentarily, but it's wanted to talk to you about eye care, of course, today. And my friends at Ames and Des Moines Eye Care, they meet your whole family's vision needs. And they did that to me about a year ago, where I got in and had my first eye exam since my childhood. Dr. Kruger was like, What are you doing, man? You gotta come in and get your eyes checked more often. And I'm glad that I did. They found some stuff. They got me these designer glasses that I wear when I work now, when I'm creating content for you at cyclonefanatic.com. It has decreased my headaches incredibly. Uh, It's been fantastic. I I didn't even know half the stuff that Dr. Kruger was telling me about. And I'm assuming if you're a middle-aged guy like me, you're probably in the same boat. Get in there to Ames and Des Moines Eye Care, personalized eye care, designer eyewear. They've got same day, same week appointments, and they are really good people. And they help support us here at CycloneFanatic.com, the Cyclone Fanatic Podcast Network. It's Ames and Des Moines Eye Care. Welcome back to Stands and Fits presented by the professional MBA program at the Ivy College of Business at Iowa State. Can I just do both my hot and not first, since I feel like we're going to spend a lot of time on yours? Yeah, that's fine. All right. My hot this week, they are making a sequel to Zelda Breath of the Wild, which is one of the best Zelda games. Um, came out on Switch. I know you don't have a Switch, but it's, it's a magnificent game, dude. They, uh, they remade Zelda? They remade, <laughs> they made re- remade Zelda so many times, dude. Huh. Yeah. So anyways, I'm surprised you're not completely anti, you know, the use of modern technology to it's completely make things different, better. Completely different in a video game. I'm just saying, I mean, it's you know, completely it's interesting. Different. It's interesting. Um, so anyways, great game. They announced it at the uh, Nintendo portion of the E3 um, conference recently. So I will be looking forward to that because new updated video games are definitely things to look forward to. 
It's just like the new Modern Warfare. Yeah, I mean, and, and I will say too, Call of Duty. it's not the same because it is, is supposed to be a different story than yeah. anything done before. So what is. Call of Duty is? Or no, 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 Zelda. Okay, Zelda, Zelda. Zelda. Yeah, yeah. 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 Okay. So, anyways, no, I was just giving you crap. That was yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know where you were going. All right. Yeah. Um, do you, my, play, do you play Call of Duty though? Modern Warfare? Uh, I've never owned a Call of Duty game. Oh, I've, wow. I've played Call of Duty plenty of times. Oh, okay, so you just suck at Call of Duty. That's why you don't play? I'm actually, well, at one point I was pretty good. Yeah, okay. But that was yeah, also when yeah. I was like sleeping over at my friend's house every night. Right. That kind right. of thing. Yeah, so, for sure. Back in the day. Uh, all right, what's your not? My not this week, Justin Bieber. I, everyone knows this by now, but Justin Bieber challenged Tom Cruise to an MMA fight. And the, the, the tweet, he tweeted about it, um, I think it was a few days ago. The tweet said, I want to challenge Tom Cruise to fight in the octagon. Tom, if you don't take this fight, you're scared and you will never live it down. Who is willing to put on the fight? And then he adds Dana White. So, the question... Is there, is there some sort of beef between Tom Cruise and Justin Bieber? I had Bieber? never heard of any kind of beef between those two before. I don't know if this is just a, like a complete trying to stir up some controversy and publicity or what. But the thing is, Tom Cruise is 31 years older than Justin Bieber. And Tom Cruise remains a badass uh, MFR to this day. He is. I mean, has, has Justin Bieber seen Mission Impossible? Obviously not. He, that man does his own stunts. Like, yeah. he, he's clearly... Pre- Tom Cruise is not scared to die at any moment. Yeah. I think is what we have learned. He is definitely not scared to hop in the octagon with Justin Bieber. No. I, I Honestly, I, w- I would pick Tom Cruise to win within two rounds. Oh, yeah. Without a doubt. Yeah. If you could fight any celebrity, if you could challenge any celebrity to a fight in the octagon, who would it be? Uh, if I could challenge any, so it's got to be probably a celebrity that I hate. So yeah. I can pound on them. Man, I don't know. Who, who's yours? Give me, give me yours, and then I'll see if I can come up with one while you're, while you're coming up with one. Because um, honestly, like, it's, it's bad to say, but I, a lot of the celebrities that annoy me are female. So I wouldn't want to, I wouldn't want to beat up on a female. No. I was thinking that I would, may, I would probably pick somebody old just so that I knew I'd win, but then at the uh, same time, I don't want to beat up on an old person. Man, yeah, that'd be a little that that'd be very Justin Bieber esque of you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All uh, right, no, that might not be a very good exercise. Now, There's you, not you really know, anybody I don't like you know, like that. I'll, I'll you know? pick Fran McCaffrey. I'll, Fran I'll, Mc- t- I'll oh, take okay. Fran in the octagon. That's my pick. Fitzy versus Fran. We need this to happen. Yep. That would be phenomenal. F versus F. Yeah. Fitzy there you versus go. Fran. Uh, yeah, that's just weird. I don't know why. It's an odd move. It's not weird. No, Justin Bieber wanting to fight. Oh, Tom oh yeah, that's weird. weird. Yeah, that's, that's weird. weird. Me wanting to fight Fran is not weird. No, you wanting to fight Fran is completely understandable. Yeah. I, if I was given the opportunity to fight him, I maybe would too. <laughs> there you go. It can, maybe it could be a tag team kind of thing where, you know. He can get Kirk Ferentz. Yeah. It's like me and yeah, you, you and me versus <laughs> Kirk Ferentz and Fran. I like it. Let's make it happen. All right. Anyway, now let's go into yours, which is uh, your hot knot, which is definitely ripe for a, a good old Jared rant. Uh, I'm not going to rant about anything. I, maybe I will. Yeah, I don't you know. We'll see where I go. I'm predicting you will. Uh, all right, so hot right now. Uh, last night, game five of the NBA Finals. Warriors win, I think, by what, two? One, one point. One point. Good game. Uh, good game, but sad game at the same time the situation with Kevin Durant, which is a whole other topic of conversation. Maybe we can get into if we want to. Uh, I know, man, I have been, you know, I have been as critical of Kevin Durant as anybody out there, but I felt really bad for that guy last night. Yeah, man. And um, I felt really bad for like a lot of the things I've said about him just because that dude should not have been on the basketball floor. Yeah. 
I, I agree. <laughs> yeah, he should not have been on the basketball floor. And uh, I think, I don't know that it's been confirmed, but it's basically all, but, you know, common knowledge at this point that he blew, he tore his Achilles yeah. after injuring. That's a whole other thing. I don't know. <laughs> Supposedly his calf was hurt. We, I've, I've maintained from the beginning that I thought it was his Achilles. And this obviously confirmed that, that that was the ultimate injury at the end. But what made it all worse was these clowns for the Raptors, or Raptors fans in the stands cheering when Kevin Durant got injured. Yeah. And then the people on Twitter that completely turned on the entire Raptors fan base and organization out of the fact that they cheered for Kevin Durant to get hurt. Yep. And it was – but how big of a dickhead do you have to be to sit courtside – and watch one of the best players in the world where you know, all right, right now I might be in for like the game of my life if, I, if Kevin Durant comes in to where you're like, you know, even if you lose, Kevin Durant comes in off injury and drops 40 points. You're like, yeah, I was there. In the, I was in the building that night. That was not, that was awesome. But at the yeah. same time, it wasn't fun. And instead, Kevin Durant gets hurt in one of probably the 10 most league-altering injuries in the history of the NBA at this point, and you stand up with your beer in your hand and you wave at him and say goodbye to, and, and cheer the fact that he just got hurt. Like I said, how big of a dickhead do you have to be to do something like that? That is so, I don't know. I don't even know how to say it. That's just that you, you got to be a huge asshole for that to even be the first thought in your mind is like, oh, now we're going to win because Kevin Durant's like really out of the game now. Yeah. Yep. I mean, now everybody's I, I, turned on the Raptors. I mean, I'm trying to th- I'm trying to think of this in Iowa State terms. And the, the closest thing that comes to my mind is if you know it was a game in Hilton Coliseum where it's Iowa versus Iowa State. Yeah. Someone on Iowa, let's say you know Coral Pemsel, who's you know tradition. I would consider him a good player, mm-hmm. and you know he kind of you know is one of the the main Hawkeyes. I would say when he's healthy, um, or or Joe, Jordan Bohannon, whoever. Yeah. If he got hurt in the moment. I'm sure a lot of Iowa State fans, you know, students or otherwise, would be cheering the fact that Jordan got or whoever got hurt. Well, the thing I'll say is that there's a difference between the thought crossing the, your mind in the back of your head and actually, or like the thought of like, dang, this might actually be kind of good for us. Yeah. You know, this is good for us that, to help us win this game. Because I think that's, that's, that's what first comes into your mind. That's one thing that can kind of cross your mind. Yeah. That, it's a whole other thing to stand up and applaud the fact that this had just happened, knowing yeah. that he had already been hurt. See, I think there, need, there there's, I think there should be at least like a 10 second grace period where you, you, your, your mind kicks in and you right. realize what the, 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 the entirety of the situation is. Well, and in that moment you need to, because it did eventually it turned into where people are chanting his name and the players, I mean, the players reacted, the Raptors fans are, are or Raptors players are trying to calm down the crowd. They're trying to get them to stop. Uh, cheering that he was hurt to begin with and um which you got to give them props for that mm-hmm. you, i got to give guys like kyle lowry and serge Ibaka, who was obviously a teammate of kevin durant's for a long time you know they were clearly very upset to see that this had happened to him and the way that they handled the thing with the crowd i think was cool and I think the way that the, the Warriors handle the thing with the crowd where the things that they've said about it in the hours since is completely understandable. That, mm-hmm. that is so ridiculous. How can you be a 
fan of sports and that's the way that you react to something like that. These yep. like they're still human beings. I know that it's they're paid all this money. Yeah. But they're not just you know it, there's a t- there's a point where it's like man okay maybe I need to think about the fact that Kevin Durant actually is a person. Yeah. And is a human being that just got really really hurt and not the fact that my team might win the championship now. Yeah, exactly. So anyway, your your broader point is that people, especially on Twitter, everybody got really mad at the war, at, at the Raptors fans. Yeah, and they, they all got lumped in together. And thus now, I think a lot more people hate the Raptors after last night. I I always already was not a huge fan of the Raptors, but I'm not a huge fan of the Warriors either because I and that's what kind of left me at the end of the game where I was really grappling with what I wanted to happen. Yeah, part of me was like, I want this to be over because I just I don't want. I don't really care about either one of these teams. I don't like either one of them. I don't want to watch them play anymore. But at the same time, I want to watch more basketball. And I want to see a game seven because I love game seven of the NBA finals. So then I'm like, which, like, what do I want? You know, I can either accept the fact that one of them won the title, you know, or, and then it's just all over or the game will get over and I'll be like, Hey, at least now we got a game on Thursday, you know? And I was pretty happy after the game ended. I was like, all right, yeah, more basketball. More basketball. Uh, but this all came after, for some reason, there were still a lot of people on the side of the Raptors before. I haven't been a fan of that. I don't like the Raptors that much, but maybe that's because they beat my team in the playoffs. But uh, so Friday night, Warriors go up, or Raptors go up 3 1 in the series. And tongue in cheek, I tweeted out. I'm not going to read the whole tweet. More or less that. I was bothered by the fact that the Larry O'Brien trophy would be going to Canada. <laughs> and I, tw- I you know, mentioned the fact that basketball is an American sport and all this stuff. Like I said, was there a hint of seriousness to it? I mean, yeah, yeah I mean, because I had the thought, you know, where yeah. it's like it popped into my brain. But at the same time, I'm not sitting here like crying over the fact that, man, America rules. And I yeah. hate Canada. Down with Canada. Canada sucks. <laughs> and so immediately, oh, hey, did you know James May- Naismith is Canadian? Did you know that? Uh, I actually read that last week, yes. Yeah, last week, yeah. I did. Oh, it, okay. No, for real. Like, like prior I, to I, the... I read that, yeah, prior to this, I, so I did know that. But everybody um, immediately turned that around as being the evidence for why... It's like I shouldn't be hating on Canada. Hating on Canada, and then I've got Cyclone Legends Bridget Carlton and Naz Long tweeting at me. <laughs> Obviously, both very proud Canadians. And then I've got Iowa State people tweeting at me, saying all of the, telling me how ignorant I am because of all for all the things that Canadian basketball has done for Iowa State, and that's what. And you're gonna go and say that, and I'm like, man, what? I'm honestly taking this way too serious. Honestly, I'm just disappointed that I missed this when it was when it was rolling out live because I definitely would have tuned in, and I would have made. Something, some joke that, that would have you know just added on because that, that's the thing like I, I when I read your tweet because I didn't see it and you showed it to me before we came on the pod today like I could automatically tell it was just you you know trying to be a little bit funny yeah yeah I didn't realize that all of a sudden it was going to like turn into where people were from an entire country were pissed at me yeah or people that were like really defending Canada yeah you know Americans I'm like man Y'all are really defensive about Canada for some reason right now. I, I kind of thought this was just, I wasn't taking it serious like that. I wasn't trying to offend anybody. Yeah, no kidding. You know, uh, I was just trying to poke fun. I was trying to bring light to the fact that now, man, this trophy that 
from a sport that was invented in the United States, how many of those do we have? Not very many. Not very many. And even like baseball is, a, is derived from another game. Yep. You know, football is derived from another sport. And basketball is one that was made in Springfield, Massachusetts, because they nailed a peach ball to the wall, to the peach basket to the wall. Yeah. Just so happened that the guy who did it was from Canada, you know? Yep. So that just means that all that Canada is justified, I guess. It saves the day for them. And I was I was sitting there just like, man, I don't I really don't think that what I said was this serious. But No, it wasn't. But man, they let you know. They let you know that they they thought it was serious. Yeah. Am I I mean come on. Like I'm not that wrong, am I? <laughs> Uh, you're not wrong. No, you're, since I know that you were kind of joking and kind of serious. It's, it's the same thing. It's similar to where if, uh, if, or in 2004, United States loses in the Olympics, gets the bronze medal and Argentina has it. I, you know, little Jared, I was like, damn, I hate Argentina. Yeah. I don't like Argentina basketball. I don't, to this day, I don't like Manu Ginobili that much. <laughs> yeah. And you know, if Spain would have beat him in 2008 or 2012, I would have sat there and been like, you know, Paul Gasol. I hate Spain. Mark Gasol, I hate you guys. I don't like you. Like, you just beat America, you know? Yeah. If they did that in the, 20, in the FIBA World Cup this year, if, if somehow America didn't win it in the 2020 Olympics, I'd be pissed at whoever that was. Yeah. You know? And you know, honestly, I wonder if it has a little bit to do that Canada's our, our northern neighbors and that like, we consider can- Canadians nice people in general. That, well, might, that might have something to do with it. See, the, the myth of Canada nice really went out the window last night. It did, It man. really did. There, we found out there's some nasty Canadians, apparently. It's all, it's uh, all fake. But no, that's just what I'm saying where it's like, and I know this isn't U.S. versus Canada or anything, but it's just, I, if Canada won the gold medal in basketball, I'd be pissed, dude. Yeah. In, in the Olympics, in the actual like senior national team, I would be pissed. But what if Mel- Melvin Edgem was on the really team? Really, bo- Come on, Jared. No, what I'd if be Melvin ha- Edgem? You don't happy. support Cyclones. I would be happy for Melvin. I'd be happy for Naz, you know? But yeah. I would be, I'd sit there and I'd be like, man, how do we get beat at our own game? You know? Yeah. It, it's just... But did you, you know that James Naismith is a Canadian? This is the, like basically the reason that they started letting professionals play in the Olympics is because America was kept getting beat at their own game. They're like, screw this. We're going to start taking all our best players now. Yeah. All the other countries get to take their best players, and we don't get to. Yeah. And... So they made it to where they changed the rules, and then we had the dream team, and you know what we've done ever since, except for one time? Dominate. Kicked everybody's ass. Yep. Because we said we're done getting beat at our own game. And what's happening right now? We're getting beat. And I'm blaming that on the Warriors, and I'm, bl- and I'm man, this is all coming down to why I hate the Warriors. I can hate the Warriors even more now. They let me down. They let the country down. Not yet. They haven't yet. There's still a chance. They're not coming back. And I'm just, I'm, I'm just saying the Warriors were down 3-1. Wait, the – oh, yeah, I know they were down 3-1, but that yeah. still only happened one time. I'm just saying, if, if they were to win the next two games, then technically you could consider that, that 3-1 loss yeah. redeemed in a way. I just take United States' dominance of basketball. I wish everybody else took it as seriously as I did. Yeah. It's, it's, I, I, it's probably I take what pride I, in seeing that. What I imagine uh, Brazil considers soccer. Right. You know? Right. Like if it's, Brazil were to lose to their friendly neighbors or whoever it is, yeah. they'd still be pissed. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I, mean, I think people were like using the 1992 and 1993 World Series as, to like back it up. And I'm like, dude, I wasn't even alive. And I probably wouldn't have cared anyway. Cool. The, the Blue Jays won. 
<laughs> all right yeah awesome yeah i don't know i think i'm just mad in general because it's like like i said i don't like either one of these teams well, it's, anymore it's, i mean basketball is your sport too. yeah it's what you enjoy playing the most and, and whatnot so yeah i just feel like we've been robbed of a could have been an epic series by injuries in and way. all kinds of things yeah we have i mean it's it's been a, a little bit of a downer but at the same time there's still some basketball to be played so there is some more basketball to be played yeah but this is why when um, when america needs to go win they call in elite basketball minds like Bruce Weber. I think we lost in the U19 World Cup last time. I think Canada won it. Did they? You know what they do? They call up Bruce Weber. They call up the best. They put they put the the Bruce Weber signal yeah. over Gotham. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's just a man with his hands up like this. <laughs> with his with hands the, straight with, up in the with, air with his mouth open. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then they call Tyrese Halliburton. Like if if there's two people you got to call in this world to go and get you some wins in in a for America, it, on the international stage. Yeah, I would say that Tyrese Halbert and Bruce Weber are two people I would trust. I can't argue as, with that as much as any. I mean, I maybe would trust LeBron James yeah, a little bit more, yeah, but I mean, he's he's a close apples, third. Apples oranges. Yeah. So. All right, pick four. Pick four this week. See, uh, I didn't rant. I'm just. Yeah, it was a mini. It was a mini rant. Let's yeah. Be, let's be honest. All right, uh, pick four this week. We decided to go with uh, NBA players all time that we'd like taking a final last second shot. No. This is if your life depended on one shot. Oh, if your life depended who, on one yeah, shot. Yeah, who would you want the, so even to more, take the shot? Even more extreme. Yeah. So Gun well, to your head, this guy has to make a shot. Who do you want so, to okay, make So Okay, so now I, now I have to clarify it. So this person has to make a shot. I'm assuming it's a three-pointer. Yeah. And I'm assuming, like, does it have to be in, at a like, game speed, like one second left? Or is it like they just have to make it from the three-point line? Yeah, I feel like it's just where you, I mean, it's still, are, are they it's still a lot of pressure. Are, pressure. They, are they guarded? Is like the fact of a life being on the line not basically defense enough? I'm, well, I'm just saying, like, I mean, yeah, life being on the line is pressure, but at the same time, uh, making a shot is much harder when you're guarded. Actually, some people, uh, no, there's, uh, uh, I don't even know how to explain this, but some people, I when I feel more comfortable when I'm being guarded sometimes, actually. Yeah. Because there's other times where they're not guarding you and them not guarding you is almost seen as a sign of disrespect. It actually is a sign of disrespect. I did this to somebody and I do this to people all the time. Actually, it's yeah. one, one of my things where if I'm like, okay, just shoot the ball. I'll stand in the middle of the lane and I'll just look at you and it's like, shoot it, man. I don't care. Yeah. Cause, and a lot of times they'll, you'll freeze up. I do it too. If mean, they look at me and they're like, shoot the ball. I'm like, damn, yeah, no, I got to make this. But at the same time, it, that's different from when having a, like an, a totally open gym to yourself. Like, if you're standing in the lane, like, daring me to shoot, that's different than me, like, doing a regular shoot-around okay. kind of thing. Well, we can do it where there's packed stands, and you are tied to a chair at half court with a Russian mobster's gun to the back of your head. Ooh. And wait, wait, wait. Can, what, I, can I request a guillotine? Or does that have to be a Russian mobster? I mean, a guillotine can't hold a gun. No, but, I mean, like, if... if, if okay, your head is inside of a yeah, guillotine. Yeah, my head's inside a guillotine. Okay, yeah, that's fine. Okay. You can have the Russian mobster. I really don't know why that was the <laughs> clarification that I you think, wanted I, to make of think, all of these things. I just think a, a guillotine would be a badass way to go out. <laughs> all right, right. Well, here's the list. I'm bringing uh, it back. Do you want to go first? Or you want yeah, to... I'll, I'll go first. Uh, my number four, uh, Steph Curry, just a, a real good shooter. He's probably going to end up the what NBA, an imaginative pick. The NBA leader in three-point shots made all time by, its, by the time it's all said and done. Uh, my number three, Robert Horry, made some really big shots in his career. Not necessarily thought of as a traditionally great shooter, but at the same time, he's just very clutch. So uh, I would trust him with my life. Seven rings. Yes, indeed. Number two, got to throw in MJ. 
uh, best basketball player of all time, uh, depending on who you ask. But I think he's probably widely regarded the best of all time, the GOAT. Dude, I, the, I think that this was like the 21-year anniversary of the flu game. Yeah, uh, something like that. And there was a – I saw Stuart Scott's where he did the highlights of it on SportsCenter. Yeah. And Mike hit a three in that game, and he mentioned that he was 17% from three during the playoffs. That's the thing. Michael Jordan had stretches in his career where he was not good from three-point range. Yeah. That was – it was just crazy to me. Well, I didn't even think about that. He's like, Mike, yeah. 17% from three in playoffs. I was like, good God. Like, yeah. if, if he was somebody who was shooting 17% from three now, think, think about everybody would be like, do not – he wouldn't even be on the floor. Think about if Steph Curry was shooting 17% throughout the playoffs. Yeah. How bad would that be? But anyways. But he also didn't really need to shoot threes no. to be awesome. But at the same, so. time, and at the same time, again, when, when in the clutch, Michael Jordan's clutch gene went up. And right. he, he would be, you know, all the sliders would turn up to 99 for right. Michael Jordan. Uh, number one for me, Reggie Miller. I mean, just one of the greatest three-point shooters of all time. Super clutch. I would definitely trust Reggie Miller to make a shot. Reggie Miller spurned me for an interview at one point. Okay, wait, wait, wait. When were you going to interview Reggie Miller? Was it for, before an NCAA tournament game? Yeah, it was in uh, Chicago at the Sweet 16. Okay. I asked uh, – I went up to him during Iowa State shoot and I said, this is probably the only time in my life as doing this job that I said, Mr. Miller, can I get an interview? <laughs> I probably looked like a little kid, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Miller, can I that's, get an interview, that, I think that's the only time that I've been doing this that I was legitimately Fangirling. starstruck, yeah. you know, where I was walking up to a person and I was just like, oh my God, like I'm about to walk up to Reggie Miller right now and yeah. ask him if I can talk to him. And uh, he said, he said, yeah, I'm, I'm busy right now. He's like, but meet me in the tunnel in like 20 minutes. I was like, okay, cool. So I went and met him in the tunnel. It was closer to like, and I kind of stood there for a while. Just, I figured he'd come by eventually, but it was probably closer to 30, 35 minutes. Yeah. He comes by uh, uh, and he, he sees me and he's like, oh, he's like, I forgot I got a meeting. Uh, he's like, I'll be back here in an hour if you want to meet me again. And I was like, oh yeah, that's cool. Uh, so I went and chilled, did my work, went back in about an hour, walks back by again. And he's like, oh man, I got to go out on the floor. He's like, after this shoot around is over, I'll come back. I'll talk to you. I was like, okay, <laughs> sounds good. Again, I go back there when the shoot around ends, uh, wait a little while, wait a little while. All of a sudden Reggie walks out with his coat on his bag, everything. Oh. And he's like, I'm sorry, man. I got a bolt. He's like, I don't got time. Dude, um, that I was sucks. Just like, oh, okay. So do you, do you hold that against Reggie Miller now? Do you have no, I, it's just, is like one of those things where it was exactly, it was almost like he didn't want to tell me no, yeah. you know, but he, at the same time, he definitely didn't want to talk to me about Iowa State. Man, that's a bummer. It's all good. You, you essentially wasted an afternoon trying to, trying to talk to, well, talk I was doing stuff really in between, then. but okay. yeah, but I really wanted to get that interview. Well, maybe you'll get another chance at a future NCAA tournament game. There's not much to talk about at those, like really do crazy at those things anyway that's why i wrote about shoes at the last one yeah there you go uh all right my list number four kevin durant wow kevin durant r.i.p kevin's achilles <laughs> uh number three kobe bryant also famously suffered a achilles injury are you going for the achilles theme is that the i can't think of anybody else that <laughs> no those two guys ruptured the their ones. achilles that was a really good shooter yeah uh number two larry bird you know that Larry Bird is not letting a man die yeah. when it comes down to a shot. He's, a, he's another guy who's super competitive. And we'll assume that these are, it's them in their prime. Somehow we have, also have a time machine in yes. this scenario. Uh, obviously. Uh, and then number one, Ray Allen. Yeah. Uh, 
and then I would also want him to turn around and say, uh, get that effing gun off his head like he did when he hit the shot in game six of the finals and said, get those effing ropes out of here. Nice. So, yeah. That's, that's badass. I like it. There we go. There's our list. Uh, I think that's it. Yeah. I feel like we've talked about a lot, but I don't. It's almost like I blacked out. I don't even remember what we talked about. Well, you, you made it. Good job. I made it. We Congratulations. Made it All right, man. Talk to you guys again next week. Thanks to Carl Chevrolet. Thanks to the professional MBA program at the Ivy College of Business in Iowa State. Peace.